0: Hello, everyone, you're here with the Millennial Vis Scholar, and this is a reflection on the Race Matters Friends retreat in Herman this weekend. I'm here with Tracy Wilson Kleecamp and Lynn Maloney, and we're just going to be talking to you about basically how we felt the weekend went, some of our reflections on the weekend, and what we're going to take away from it. I'll give you my reflections, but I think first of all, it's important that we get the insight from Tracy, the president of Race Matters, and then we're gonna hear some of Lynn's observations. So yeah, kick us off, Tracy.
1: So I think our, our group is in some transition. We've mm-hmm. lost some some members that have been working with our group for about five years. So Lynn is trans, transitioning out of the position of vice president. Um, we did some new things this year. We had a pre-retreat meeting. So we talked to other local groups um, in our community about ways that we could collaborate and communicate better with each other and sort of kind of rehash and uh, update each other on issues, particularly as they relate to community policing, the police, school resource officers, um, Columbia Public Schools. There's an overlap now between um, the school district and the police um, as it connects to the school to prison pipeline. So we have a huge disparity in the numbers of black and brown students and students with disabilities who are being um, suspended and arrested. And so um, while we pushed for community policing for several years, we're now seeing that there's this disconnect between how our schools um, treat kids, especially when they get connected with the police department. So that's a that's a huge area of work for us. Um, the school district is even more resistant than City Hall was in trying to get his get accountability from the police chief and the city manager, but those we got rid of two, both of them and have new people. So um, the new city manager is John Glasscock. The um, new police chief is Jeff Jones, and um, they work. And the mayor trees they actually all like each other, and so um, the way that they have conversations with us and with the community is really different. So I'm not going to say that there's this huge change, although there's some differences mm. in their outreach and management that are not what we have experienced in the past in terms of just resisting and not listening and being petulant and um defensive so those are the policing and the school district in terms of the school the prison pipeline are are, our major issues we have lots of other places where we insert ourselves related to equity which makes it messy Mm -hmm. um but that's that's kind of the big big thing that we talked about
2: this weekend
0: what about you what did you what was the well,
2: a lot of what's leading to my departing from the group right now is just like emotional fatigue. And mm-hmm. something that's so nice about having retreat time is that there are more conversations in which you're processing. Like on the go, like throughout the week, so much is happening on our Facebook message thread, our email, we're talking back and forth. And the speed of that can be just like, feel overwhelming, like I don't know how to take that in and transform that into like an action, right? So when we had this time of enjoying food together, talking about our experiences, I realized just listening is so important. And we've tried to incorporate co-counseling into our meetings for a while. So at the end of a meeting, people would take time splitting, saying, we're gonna listen to you talk for a few minutes, I'm gonna to listen to you talk. Because uh, for white activists, I can only speak really for white activists, often our grief, rage, frustration can either freeze us so we don't act, or have us so reactive that when we do act, we're not delivering clear messages, right? So what I was realizing during part of this weekend, as I was listening to um, other people speak, sometimes it's not new information, but people need to process and discharge. I felt like when I was listening to you and Kendra, you know, I was like, oh, this is like the co-counseling. But as um, a white person, It makes sense that co-counseling is always about non-hierarchy where you take turns. I thought, no, white people need to spend more time listening to and validating the experience of black people. Mm-hmm. And so I was saying that sometimes I would get overwhelmed after 45 minutes of the three of you to- talking I'd go, okay, we're not getting new information. I don't need to be in there writing notes mm-hmm. about strategy, but right now I need to go sit on the porch or right now I need to go get myself something to eat <laughs> or I need to go talk to another white person so I can go back in. I thought I have like this 45 minute windows in which I could just listening. Or oh, go take mm-hmm. a nap. <laughs> or, <laughs> <laughs> of napping. Well, napping, um, <laughs> Well, sometimes after taking in information that mm-hmm. I needed, it's it's, like... It's a, it's a lot. So the other thing was, uh, then processing my own, you were helping me deal with you just, the feeling of betrayal that a lot of us, I think as white activists too, like I think as women of color, you're so used to betrayal or people being dishonest, you know? And so mm-hmm. for me, having, um, getting into more difficult terrain where um, I feel betrayed in ways that are sort of shocking, you know, and having time just to process that. How do I navigate that? How do I can I mend this, do I need to just sever this relationship,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, and you were helping me pro- me process that
1: mm-hmm. uh,
2: uh, this weekend, too, so that's what I think is great about retreat, it's like, instead of just being on the fly, we've got to get to this meeting, we've got to respond to this person, it's like, what's actually going on, and, and feeling so nurtured by cooking for each other, and having mm-hmm. time just to laugh, and watch a movie, or have a drink, and it was... Um, that's that's really important healing space mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. We have like two retreats, right? We have like a mid-year retreat, and then we have an
1: end-of-the-year retreat. So we had a summer retreat as well. And same thing, you know, allows us to kind of come together and, and relax and spend more time like more deeply asking questions and pondering. And we may not come up with answers. Like we had a huge agenda coming in. <laughs> and the point is not to cover everything mm-hmm. on the agenda, but really what are the things that float to the top? What are the things that are... Um, you know most challenging so this was a really different uh meeting because we had some a couple people zoom into the meeting mm-hmm. um, we had a new person a couple new people come that are not part of our executive committee meeting who wanted to give input and listen so we're also trying to practice you know being more inclusive in different ways of listening and getting information for people who are interested in, in doing our work so we have mm-hmm. a now we have an interim vice president which is good and um, that person, um, Kendra, she's also working with another group that's trying to um, work with the black community, right? So they're actually texting me right now while we're talking. <laughs> so that's that Lynn's point about you know the speed of which things are happening. I've already been contacted by the managing editor of a newspaper, they want to interview these, these people, another person, so I've already had like like eight phone calls this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lynn is right, the, the speed of the way things are going. And so then I have to also put stuff on stop. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I've got to study or I need to pivot. And so then things pile up. So um, I try to like, okay, I'm going to block this much time, do it, and then move on. But it doesn't leave a lot of space in between for processing. Mm-hmm. Like So you're processing fast, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I think for some people that's... For a lot of people, it's really overwhelming. It I'm is. used to it, right? Yeah. But not, it's not. Um. And and, and I and I, I think I've also adapted to it. Not mm-hmm. because I want to do it that way, but it's sort of something I've adapted to. You've had to.
0: I think that's it's really important what you both said in terms of like because this is the first time I actually attended a retreat. It's the first time I've got to know race matters and friends. Um, I work with um the Racial Justice Network over in the UK and Leeds, and I don't think I've spoken about that much in the podcast, but. I'll cover that in future podcasts, but I think being here um, sort of made me think about what we think about when I'm working with RJN in terms of um, how allowing space and time for activists to reflect and to heal. Um, I think a lot of the times people on the outside looking in see you as this person who's meant to keep going. And as you have mentioned, Tracy, like you do keep going because you learn to adapt. Um, but we do need to take this time to sort of heal and sort of reflect and sort of not be, not working whilst we're reflecting, but just stopping and cooking for each other, nurturing each other, listening to each other and reflecting and I think I did I didn't mention, but Lynn is the vice president who um, Tracy has hinted at and, and Lynn has spoken about that she's leaving, so there has been this transition. But I think hearing this transition from you and sort of hearing your experiences, um, they've not been a negative one in terms of the work you do with RMF, but it's the, that betrayal and that sense of betrayal you get from people. And I think although um, me and Tracy's as women of colour, are used to yeah. that betrayal that we experience, and I think what Kendra mentioned, there's a sense of this is the life we live and this is what we have to live. So we have to keep going. But to hear it from your perspective in terms of needing that time to step out, needing that time to take a break. I mean, there's nothing shameful in, you know, admitting that and saying that. And there's There's nothing, there really isn't. I think there's nothing shameful in saying that I need to look after myself in order to be able to do this important work. Because if we can't care for ourselves, how can we expect to care for other people? And I think, being at this retreat and sort of being in this space that allowed us to have that conversation in an open way was helpful to me, and I'm not leaving anything, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm hoping that going forward, that is something that is really helpful to you and, you know, Mm -hmm. that allows you to sort of um, think about not only the work we do, but how we look after ourselves whilst we're doing Mm -hmm. that work.
1: We have (laughs) a couple of other people that have had to leave and take breaks, Mm -hmm. um, you know, because you know they gotta take care of their mom Mm-hmm. Or one of our members is having to go back to California and take care of her mom. Another one of our members needs is taking some time away from work to take mm-hmm. care of herself. And so, I mean, those things happen, right? Mm-hmm. And you need that. You need that space. And even in the between when people aren't leaving, there's a lot of conversation. Lynn is an acupuncturist, you know. So mm-hmm. she, are you taking care of yourself? Mm-hmm. Are you resting? Are you doing this? And so there's a lot of self-care of each other, checking yeah. in on each other. to see how we're doing or if we just need to rant or whatever. So there's a lot of, of really, I would say, deep caring for each mm-hmm. other and also holding each other accountable, mm-hmm. right? So it's not like a bed of roses. It's, there's a lot of, there's, there's, sometimes there's a lot of tension going on, mm. too. And um, we, for five years, I mean, we've been, you know, working through it, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then there's just a transition. I, at one point I thought, well, maybe race mental Friends is going to fold. Maybe it's going to close. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I accept that that is always a possibility, mm-hmm. right? Because we, we, may, we may not be able to go on forever. We may get to a place where we are so war slick from fighting the system. And very few people are taught how to resist the system. We, we're mostly taught to accept mm-hmm. um, the system the way it is and to compromise And get nothing, Mm -hmm. right? So to me, that's the biggest betrayal, right? That you have public servants that are supposed to take care of the community, and they only take care of certain people. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's everyday Mm -hmm. betrayal, and I see it, Mm -hmm. right? You know, all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I even see it in the academy, right? It's about publishing, Mm -hmm. it's about getting tenure. Um, It's not about how do I leverage my knowledge. To um, be an anchor of equity in my community, right? There's bits and pieces that they get to do, but it's not a, it's not a collaborative effort, right? It's mm-hmm. still very individualistic, right? So I feel a sense of betrayal about that too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right?
0: I think I. But as well as um talking about the important work we, um you do at RAF at RMF in terms of addressing sort of the injustices that um are take place in the education system alongside this criminalisation of young kids I think some of the things that we also talked about was quite personal to ourselves and some of the things that we're dealing with and Tracy's right her phone has not stopped going off off at all every single day I have been...
1: actually left it in the room several times too <laughs> to I know
0: I, <laughs> I know it's been non-stop you went for a walk and I was still here and her phone was just going off and off and off and I was just thinking I hope nothing bad happened it you can know wait. but it <laughs> exactly can it can wait but we've also done some personal healing I think once you start talking about the betrayal you face, you you know you mentioned that the betrayal would be also facing academia and that has really been my experience this year just feeling like Mm. completely betrayed by you know being this bright-eyed naive young girl who thought I would come and make a difference in the academy and I'm not you know I'm not pessimistic that I can, can make a difference but it's the sort of energy you get whilst you're there that makes you realize actually this is like every other institution that I would be a part of there is still people who are to have their own self-interest at heart. And, you know... A whilst, lot of self-interest. <laughs> a lot, and, you know, whilst I do recognise, you know, why that is sometimes important for certain individuals, I think as, you know, being a doctoral student who is doing work on resistance and activism and criminalisation, it has been quite disappointing for me. So being here has allowed me to sort of reflect on and sort of re-energise me to go back into that space and motivate me to go back into that space where I'm like, OK... My my friends Lynn and Tracy here also feel that same betrayal, so how do I get energy from them, how do I take advice from them so I can make sure that I keep pushing, because there is work to be done, you know, the work doesn't stop, just because we are taking care of ourselves doesn't mean it stops, but it also means we have to look inward sometimes and say how do we re-energise, how do we um, sort of ha- take that betrayal and turn it into this new sort of lease to go out there and keep fighting right. again. You know, sometimes that betrayal means that we have to say, okay, I need to be still in this moment and taking that in. And, and Tracy was reading to me affect theory, which I have struggled to understand <laughs> for years. And then hearing you read it to me, I sort, sort of begin to process my own emotions and sort of think about what what you know parts of my emotions are valid, which part have I invalidated in order to just make sense of, life and just to give excuse to just keep going and you know I think in thinking about some of those theories you were reading to me but also thinking about what's happened this weekend I've actually going away from this I am going to take more time to be still take more time to in my daily life even um to just stop and think What am I feeling? Why am I feeling it? Which part of my feelings are important? How do I process this in order to keep moving forward? Not only with my um, PhD study, but also with the activist work we do. Also with our relationships with people in our own lives. Um, So yeah, I guess I just want to hear from um, the both of you. What are you taking away from this weekend? What is the key thing? I mean, there'll be so many things because we've had so many conversations. But what's Mm -hmm. the key thing now that I'm putting you on the spot? Do you think you'll take away?
1: Well, I um I would like to believe that every day that I'm living, I'm learning, mm-hmm. and I also try to take what I'm learning um in my in the PhD program. I consider it like this deep kind of self therapy, mm-hmm. right? Kind of therapy, and so um I feel like I'm always um, looking inward, but also I'm uh, getting adjusted to the fact that every day's a mess, every day is messy, mm-hmm. and um to not To just deal with it. Like, okay, it's messy. It's like when Lynn said she was going to resign, which I knew, you know, we had talked about it. Mm -hmm. And at first I was like really sad. But just very, very briefly. And then I was like really proud of her because it's a very hard Mm -hmm. thing Mm -hmm. to say. Mm -hmm. You know what? I love you and I'm going to, you know, step away because for lots of reasons. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I don't begrudge her for that. You know, a part of me was like, Well, maybe I should step away too, you know. <laughs> but at the same time I realize um that the work that we're doing is important. Um and actually in many ways doing the work keeps me from going into a very deep depression. So mm-hmm. being active and engaged keeps me from from being super melancholy. And I have a lot of melancholy days. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of melancholy days. And Lynn helps me, my friends help me. Um, because it's that constant betrayal
2: constant
1: mm-hmm. um and also being betrayed in 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 ways that you don't anticipate mm-hmm. right because you don't see it mm-hmm. right you don't you don't see the betrayal, right you think the person is on your side or your friend or whatever, and then you find out, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. wow, you know so um I was just I was processing a lot of her feelings that she had about betrayal. And then also I had a lot of personal stuff that was happening this weekend. So I was mm. trying to stay with us and then also process that of my personal stuff and then read for class mm-hmm. and then think about my project and then negotiate with my husband. So I have like multiple layers of mess going on and it just is. It's a beautiful mess though. <laughs> <laughs>
0: She's like I'll come back to you on that one. <laughs> We're trying to get her to see the beautiful side of this
1: whole mess. She has an
2: extremely rich life. <laughs> yes. I,
1: I like I like the rich and complex. Yeah. Um. And and not that beautiful is is not um is not a good word. Mm. I I would say you know my my brother died in 1995 in an in an accident, and I rem- I remembered it was the most painful thing I'd ever experienced and we had these spiritual conversations and one day he says you know you're living and isn't it great isn't it wonderful mm-hmm. to be alive mm-hmm. and I hadn't planned on leaving but I'm okay but you're there and you can do so much more and so to me it's really just appreciating the, the gift of being alive and with all of its warts and everything else mm-hmm. and that's hard yeah. there's, there's a lot of things I can't repair there's things that happen that I just I can't fix mm-hmm. they're done and that, that's a place where I'm really at in a lot of places it's like I can't fix this mm-hmm. uh, this is too this is too abusive and in ways in the past where I would try to compromise with people or try to fix it now I'm like oh we're done <laughs> yeah i'm not i'm not gonna do that yes. that's a change for me right mm. that feeling that fix it kind mm-hmm. of mentality mm. um but i also think that when you can set boundaries with people when they do betray you um you walk away differently you mm-hmm. may still be able to maintain conversation with them but you don't put yourself in that kind of yeah, I mean. line of sight to be um betrayed again yeah right and that's a hard thing to do mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: It's a really hard thing to do.
0: I mean, it's funny you say that. I have Motivation Mondays. And one of the things I posted about today was setting boundaries of negative people in your life. So really... Get rid of them. <laughs> literally, I'm really glad you said that because it's so relevant to what, we're, what I'm trying to talk about today and some of the feelings I think I've reflected on this weekend. But yes, moving okay. over to... But before, yeah.
1: we, before we go I want to yeah. say this. When I was in high school, my dad used to say you will be in five years who you hang out with right now. I used to think wow. that was the dumbest thing. <laughs> and then over time I realized that yeah. the people that you surround yourself with yeah. um, can either empower you mm-hmm. or be dis- destructive for you. Yeah. And so um, I, I, I think about that a lot, that a lot of my, the beauty and gift in my life, if you will, is that I have friends, right? Who see ahead right who who see ahead and want to be ahead too and want the same for me mm-hmm. right and those are keepers those are if you can get anything in life as those kind of
2: friends, it makes even the worst day the best Better.
0: yeah, I agree,
2: yeah. Well, I feel really grateful because it was only three days before our retreat that I declared my resignation. And so I was feeling bad. I was thinking our retreat would be about, like, well, how do we keep going and keep finding people to replace ourselves? And then someone showed up. I had never met Kendra before. I was working on it. She's (laughs) got energy. I was working on it. I I know. And so anyway, I I feel just so delighted, so relieved, Mm -hmm. so pleased. So I don't have that sense of, like, guilt (laughs) Mm -hmm. of, oh, gosh, I'm just leaving this, you know empty space It's and it would like, be okay if that's I what I feel happened, so um right? mm-hmm. so pleased that I absolutely are clear that I need to step away and that we absolutely have somebody who's got great skills and energy coming in so that's just a huge relief for me so I feel great about that
0: oh, that's good so, before we finish, is there anything else you'd like to say about, you know, this weekend, about some of the work RMF hopes to do going forward? Lynn, you said that sometimes, or this might not be where you're meant to be now, but a different side of the work might be calling you. Is there right. anything you're thinking about what the future holds before we close off?
2: I feel like I'm just, like, integrating five years of intense learning. Mm-hmm. You know, intellectual learning about U.S. history and racism, learning practical skills about activism, learning all these things about the way my city works that I didn't know before. I'd never really been involved in local government. Um, so I feel like I'm just chewing on and digesting and, and integrating that. And so I don't know what the next forum will look like. Um, but I really am looking forward to having this time just to go in and not feel like I need to be so responsive.
1: Mm-hmm
0: what about you anything
2: so we talked about this early in the retreat and i was saying
1: one of the big challenges that we have um, as race matters friends is um number one how to strategically intervene right mm-hmm. how do you teach that to people right so you just don't show up and complain but that change is political right um, it's not about keeping people comfortable and so there's this you know tension about. Well, you know you were mean you you were direct you said something specific well yeah well why what am i going to be around the bush so so there is that part of um of activism just strategically how do you dismantle and disrupt um those those oppressive places um the other part is you know like lynn was talking about learning how government works um, you know, We tend to elect people that have no experience resisting power. Mm-hmm. And so all we're doing is reifying the same nonsense mm-hmm. over and over again. So I think politically, and this is probably the, the most difficult part is, how do you change people's mindsets about citizenship? What does it mean to be a citizen? What does it mean to be critical? What, is, what does it mean to not just keep saying the word diversity all the time? Like how do you enact that? Mm-hmm. Um, to not just say, throw words around equity and equality around like what do those, what do those words mean? And I know they mean different things to different people, but how do you en- enact them in, in ways that you create a more equitable society? You know, in education, we talk about creating an inclusive classroom. So basically, my, my feeling is you need to be able to walk in other worlds besides your own um, with, with grace, right and listen. I mean that's really hard for a lot of people because they find their comfort zone and they don't move outside of it so one of the challenges as race matters friends is we're constantly moving outside of our comfort zones you know we're constantly having to go after something um it's difficult mm-hmm. right and it makes people on un- makes people uncomfortable because it's like oh wow you're going to go to school board and you're going to call somebody out you're going to call for someone's resignation or you're saying someone's not doing a good job and there's this belief that if you just go in and, and try to talk to them <laughs> and compromise that they're going to, yeah. you know, snap out of their, you know, sneakiness. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it, it doesn't work. And so, um, you know, neoliberalism has um, made people very compliant mm-hmm. and and complicit in ways that are, are, are really oppressive um, and... Um, I don't know, I want to say murderous mm-hmm. to um, marginalize people. Mm-hmm. Um, and murderous, not just like the, you know, physical violence, mm-hmm. but killing people's spirit, um, taking away their opportunity, um, their mobility, their access. And, and, and I'm, again, I'm not talking about even physically, but what happens to your mind, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's soul, soul theft. As, is it Mental mentally. emotional more, violence. Tony Morrison yeah. talks about um, social death, right? Mm-hmm. Social death. And, and to me, that is the real sin, mm-hmm. right? So I think um, as activists, we have trouble because even other groups um, don't understand that it's about disrupting power, mm-hmm. right? And uh, that it makes people uncomfortable. And my thing yes. is get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's a, hard, that's a hard thing. I think for Lynn, it was like constantly, constantly wow, this sucks, this doesn't feel good, and you know, I loved it when she called the city manager out uh, last year at one of the council meetings, (laughs) she points her finger at him, and she's like, shame on you, shame (laughs) on you, and she's on the front page of the paper, my daughter calls and she's like, Lynn is my hero, that was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So there's been great moments as well. I I mean, lots of great moments, but that was, for her, I think, was the most... Powerful. I, I had no idea that she was going to do it. She's got her, like, I glasses
2: on. either. That was not, I don't consider that a skillful moment because it wasn't intentional. It's mm-hmm. just what erupted. It's a, it was a rupture. A mission, yeah. It was a rupture. It was needed. Mm-hmm. It was an intervention. There was mm-hmm. no. And it was the energy in the room. I felt like I was just a conduit for all this distress people were mm-hmm. feeling. Right. Oh, it, so many people were happy. It was
1: great. Yeah. It was That's good.
0: great. So thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you so much for inviting me to this weekend. Um, I got a lot out of it. And again, I'm going to be forever appreciative to meet the both of you. And I hope to connect with you in the future. We'll stay in touch. Definitely. And thank you. You've been listening to the Millennial Vist Scholar, Tracy and Lynn. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.